Well, sports editors really grateful to chat to former Springbok Robbie Kempton and get his perspective on a few things rugby. And it's it's been a really interesting time lately. Um, South Africans are on a rather interesting state of mind, I'd say. But Robbie, welcome to the show. Great to chat to you. And you know, a close encounter on Saturday against the All Blacks. Um, and there's a multiple ways to look at, at how the game went down. But again, a, a great contest between two rugby nations. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely for a hundred test match, uh, just this, you know, All Blacks literally winning it with a, a clutch penalty at the end. Um, just, you know, people carry on about the way we play and whatever, but to hold that All Black side, um, just be honest, a very talented side. They're missing White Clock and Aaron Smith as well, as we are missing Peter Steph and a couple of others. Yeah. So I think it was a, a fitting end. Uh, obviously, we would have loved to win. But I think fitting into 100 tests, surely. I mean, I don't think too many people can complain for it going down to the wire and it being a very competitive match. It wasn't one-sided at all. Yeah, definitely. And it's always been fun margins, you know, two, three points. So the fact that we are doing that, you know, away from home, again, shows that, that we've still got a lot of depth to our side. And like you mentioned, yes, Peter Seftatoy has been injured. But are you happy with the depth of the squad at the moment? I, definitely. I think we saw it, uh, particularly in the Argentine test matches, uh, when, when we had sort of our peripheral players playing. Uh, you know, going to the last test match, I thought, you know, a guy like Farsi potentially should have been given a chance. I, I don't think our, our stalwarts, and I, I use that word um, not liberally, but in seriousness, you know, guys like Billy and that, that have played a, a lot of uh, test matches, have won World Cups. You know, potentially we need to move on at some stage. And it's always... You know, it's the battle between putting a very competitive side out that you know that's going to, the coaches are, are more comfortable with than you know backing a youngster like a Farsi in a test match against the All Blacks when you know as a coach you're under pressure to win. So uh, I would have liked to see one or two changes in, in, in key positions where I think the players perhaps just aren't on form. It happens. Everyone goes through peaks and dips with throughout their careers, not to blight any of the the, the per personal or players. Um, but certainly, I think you know other guys potentially need a chance to start stepping up because they are the future. And let's be honest, we all know that a guy like Farsi is potentially going to take over from Billy at some stage, and it's just perhaps when, as opposed to uh, you know, <laughs> why not? Why not now then? Yeah, no, for sure. Interesting there, and um, and Robbie, you know, you, you've obviously coached at Zaket, and you know, uh, kicking's come under scrutiny, but. Henry Pollard, um, what goes to that guy's mind? Because he might look back and say, flip, I missed that kick on the right-hand side. Um, but he's a strong character, isn't he? He'll brush off and, and move forward and say, you know what, I've got so many more fixtures ahead, games ahead. This is, I just have to keep moving forward. Yeah, the mentality, or particularly a professional sportsman, you know, missing, like missing a putt, I suppose, to win a major, it's the same thing. Um, it's an opportunity lost, and I, I don't think he's going to harbour too much. Um, obviously, there is an element of regret, but you know they are in those pressure situations. He has been since the age of 17. People forget that he played under 20 World Cup at a very young age, mm. um, and played for the Springboks at a young age. So he's also been through the trials and tribulations. So I think he'll put you know small differences like that behind him. Um, you know, again, you know we. we <laughs> Because it's the here and now, we forget what these guys have done in the past. Now, I think it's important to realise just how much they've given to South African rugby and how much they've given to the Springboks and how much joy they've given us through World Cups and you know Tri Nations and all sorts of things that they've won. Um, and to miss you know two points on a weekend, it can happen to anyone. Um, if Jordi had missed that kick, it would have been you know the same on the other side of the yeah. 
Good point. So, uh, no, I think Andre would move on from it. Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world of social media where anyone with a, a handle, not even their own name, can have a go at someone. So it's, it's a bit sad. Um, and potentially, I'd, I would think that these players uh, know how to handle that pressure um, and know how to handle that social media element, which is at best toxic, unfortunately. But uh, it, the element is there. So um, I, th- I think that they've also got people within their organization that work with them, my players, that help them with the, the mental side of it. And I know my players do, do, does actually travel with the squad. So, uh, and I think there's a big support stru- structure around them as well. I, you know, just as an ex-professional, a lot of, you know, when, when things do go wrong, um, from my side of it, it wouldn't, would have been a yellow card um, or something like that. The players do, they do galvanise behind you and they do support you. So I, I think that sort of element is also, you know, is a, a support structure for players like Andre. No, definitely. And Robbie, if you don't mind me giving a, a bit of a personal um, opinion here, I get a bit frustrated. <laughs> Why I say that is because, like you mentioned, 2019, we've won the World Cup, we've won the Rugby Championship. We've come with a very, very good place. And I just get so, and again, social media, I get so annoyed when people say, for all of a sudden now we're useless. And it's like, but <laughs> I don't know, you know, we've got to support these guys. It's not easy doing what they're doing. And I think with a game plan, it's a very precise game plan. So we've got to be flippant accurate. So to execute the game plan, it's not easy. So I don't know if I don't know if I'm calling in the shots right yet, but we've got to be more supportive because it is a difficult game plan to execute. It's a it's a difficult yet simple game plan, but you know if, if certain elements of it don't go right, um, for instance, we don't have a dominant scrum, we don't have a dominant mall, which we didn't in the, in the last All Black game. We only lost by two people. You know, forget that we just lost the game. We didn't exactly get you know thumped by the All Blacks like they did to Australia. Um, yeah, I think you, you've got to put everything in context again. At the towards the end of that game, I think you know a certain responsibility lies with the players as opposed to the coaching staff. Um, you know, with three minutes to go, I don't think Jacques sending down a message kicked the ball. I, I, I'll be no. honest with you, I don't think any messages is going downstairs. I think it's purely the players now have a minute and a half to sort out a potential, you know, 100th test match between the All Blacks and, and what do they do next? And if you look at the players that we, we all say made the mistakes, you know, kicking the ball away, in the heat of the moments, they're not conditioned to be thinking outside the box, I wouldn't think. Um, and I think that's where we're all a little bit disappointed. Uh, you know, potentially that's been coached out of them, which is unfortunate. But players also have the ability to think on their feet. And I think, you know, there's that last two minutes where... They didn't, um, unfortunately, uh, and they did. They executed what they thought was the right way to go with regards to playing the clock down. But again, learning curve. Uh, yeah. Let's let's go three years from now into the World Cup in France, and we're in the same situation against the All Blacks in the semi final. I don't think those same players will make the same mistakes. They would have learned something from it. So, yes, we lost the Test match, but we haven't lost the war, so to speak. There's a, there's a much bigger picture at play, particularly for the young players that were on the field at that specific moment. No, I agree with your sentiments there, Robbie. There's definitely a bigger plan coming in. Yeah, the World Cup, time goes by so quickly. It's, it's around the corner. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's see what happens there. But it's going to be interesting. I think the Rugby Championship is always a good talking point because it is such good competition. 
Australia have been fantastic to watch. I thought I think they've played really good rugby. Yeah, and it's it's New Zealand are showing their dominance once again, and that's just how it goes. So yeah, we keep fighting another day. We live to see another day and we keep pushing forward. I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I think from our perspective, I'm talking about South Africa now, you look we went through a tremendously difficult lion series. Uh, on and off the field, our director of rugby having his own un- unfortunate problems with world rugby and the referees, and he was, in my opinion, right. Um, you know, to go through a series like that, then fly across or play Argentina and then fly across to Australasia, I mean, it's, 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 it is difficult. Um, but I, I think we, we forget how much the Lions tour would have taken out of our players. Mm. And then, to, you know, yes, we lost to Australia, and I thought Australia were very good in those test matches. Um, you know, they outthought us a little bit, which can happen. And again, a learning curve for us. And then going to back-to-back all-black tests, um, which, you know, we haven't really played for a number of years. So it's a very difficult schedule that we had. And that's not to ta- uh, give the players any sort of respite. It's just, you know, if, if we hadn't come off the lines to us, we probably wouldn't have been as close to the all-blacks, I think, as we were. Uh, because we wouldn't have had that sort of attritional game that we... Now, Australia, no offence to Australia, don't give us attrition, um, but certainly the Lions did and the All Blacks uh, certainly did as well. So I think it, you know, we, we should be more sort of congratulate our guys from where they've come from, the Lions tour, into you know, where they're going. And um, let's hope that, yeah, and I think they will over time, they will adapt their game plan. And I think we will be a little bit happier when we start scoring tries as we did in the World Cup final. People forget yeah. that we, we didn't win the World Cup final by kicks. <laughs> oh, Robbie, interesting perspectives there. But that's what happens when you've been there and you've done that. So, <laughs> But, Robbie, um, let's sort of focus on to, uh, the, the United Rugby Championship and just sort of uh, some of your thoughts on the first weekend of, of action. What's it out for you? Uh, exactly as I expected. I mean, uh, okay. I've, uh, I've played in the, the, the competition. It, it is a very tough competition to play in. Um, you know, you are playing against international class players every week. Um, the only side in my you know, perspective that had international players from the South Africans was the Bulls. Um, so I expected the other results. I was very surprised and pleased by the Lions. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Um, they sort of hit the form of three years ago out of nowhere um, after a very poor curry cap. So, and good to see that they've got that potential. Yes, they're playing a zebra, but um, you know, let's hope that they can take that a step further when they play the Scarlets this weekend. But it's a really tough um, competition to play in. You're across nations all the time. Those teams always will have ex-internationals or internationals playing with them, and that's the way they've set up the URC. Um, you know, specifically, no one's playing on Test match weekends now. And you know, the Irish sides are difficult. The Scottish sides have predominantly you know the Scotland players in there, so. It's, it's, it is week in, week out. You've got to outthink the opposition. And the one thing I think, I, I hope the spectators saw what I saw, is that there's a lot of ball in play. So we were used to in Curry Cup having 21, 22, 23 minutes. You're now 35, 36 uh, minutes of ball in play. <clears throat> so there's action all the time. And the mindset, particularly of the those European sides in the URC, is, is to keep the ball through phases and the referees ref in such a way as that <clears throat> they do. They award the, the attacking side more than they do the defensive side. So it's a mindset that we're going to really have to change with regards to the manner in which we approach these games. Yeah, it's a necessary, necessary, necessary challenge for the squads, I believe. And it's also now you're going to have to change your skills and maybe improve on your skills. So 
I know you might take a few knocks, but don't you think holistically they're adding another dimension to their game by learning this new phase of play and keeping the ball in longer? No, listen, the, the bigger picture for South African rugby is, is actually, it's, yeah, there are no boundaries. I think, uh, you know, week in, week out, and again, it's not to blight any of our, our current coaches, but, you know, you're up against world-class coaches that have played professional, majority have played professional rugby, and they've been coaching professionally for you know, a number of years. And you have to get to a point where I think the opposition, as opposed to, you know, just going, you know, the Bulls, do with the game plan very well and they beat all the South African sides. You, you can't do that in the URC. You, you've got to, I think, uh, and, you know, be more tactically aware. So it will improve our coaches. It will improve our players. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> I do hope at some stage and none of our teams have done as of yet, but they, they, they do get the, or recognise the fact that they might need one or two overseas coaches to come in to assist that process. Uh, they, they are very professional overseas. I mean, I go back to 2003, four when I played for Ulster, and again, no offence to anyone, but they were much more professional than the Springbok set up. Um, and that was back then. I mean, the Irish sides are very, uh, very competitive in view of the fact that they've been so professional for so long. So uh, we need to get to that sort of situation. Uh, you know, a small example, if you look at the, the backroom staff of, you know, particularly Ulster, I mean, they, they'll have, you know, Three physios, three three trainers, conditioning coach, uh, mental health experts. Um, you know that's just for the player side of things, and you're not even getting into your you know, forwards coach, backs coach, etc. But they are, are you know, very good at what they do uh, with regards to how professional they are. Wow, Robbie, that's interesting here because it almost puts like a spotlight on on Super Rugby because we thought ah you know Super Rugby, which was a good competition, and a lot of people are still very pro it. But now you switch it up to here and you realize. Hang on now, <laughs> this is actually a lot more intense than we thought. You know, you see the game on TV, but now that since we've got our teams in there, you realize, my goodness me, this is a lot more intense and a lot more um, disciplined and I can almost say fine-tuned to like what you say. Uh, does, does that make sense to what I'm saying? Like they're really accurate in how they go about their details. No, attention to detail. They, they really, they, they tick all the boxes with regards to every aspect of their play. Um, you know, in, in the, again, in a polite way, we have so much talent in this country. Um, you know, it's, often we don't need to coach it, and sometimes we get, coach a lot of the talent out of the players. Um, where overseas, they, they do have talent, but not to the same extent. I mean, we have a wealth of talent through all our schools. Uh, there, they they need to coach their players, and they do. They, they're very professional. They coach them exceptionally well. And, you know, the stars that are born out of, the, you know, the various countries over there are, are through, you know, a, a system that's in place and a very professional system from the age of 15, 16, going up into professional rugby. Uh, whereas, you know, they join clubs. We, we don't have that. We are in school until 18, and then, yeah, we hope the Sharks will ever buy us and off we go into professional rugby. Um, they start a little bit younger, and uh, they have you know, very relevant career pathways from a, probably a, a bit, bit of an earlier stage. Sure. So it was like months, I mean, also, sorry, are uh, keen to prove that they are the, the kings of rugby between the northern and southern hemisphere sides. So let's see how it goes. That's very <laughs> interesting. But Robbie, you also played for the Sharks as well. And do you feel it's just a matter of time before they, they find their feet? And then push through to the season because it wasn't a bad Curry Cup season for them at all, after all. Yeah, you know the Sharks are a bit of a conundrum. Uh, they they've got a lot of talent, um, mm. and I think Bukalezi is going to be outstanding. Uh, I just 
my opinion again, I hope he moves to six and I hope he gets mentored by Sia. And, and I do honestly see him in the role of being a Springbok captain down the line and perhaps taking over from Sia, you know, when he decides, you know, time's up. But the big thing about this competition, the URC, is tight five. Um, and yes, they, they have a number of players away with the Springboks, but you know, they don't have a massive tight five or replacements in that tight five area. Um, and if you're not dominant or on parity throughout the game with regards to your driving walls, your scrums, um, you're not going to win that game. Um, you know, sure. the, the subtle difference between the Curry Cup and this competition, you have one opportunity, sort of the Bulls against Leinster, you have one opportunity to score points. If you don't, they back down the other end and they're scoring. Um, so it's, you know, if your tight fives under pressure, uh, which unfortunately, are, you know, the Sharks don't have enough backup or, or power with regards to that tight five to ensure that they're going throughout in 80 minutes uh, being a dominant or, you know, on par with the opposition. Interesting. Very, very interesting. But yeah, looking forward to the next fixture to see how they go. Because I know Sean Everett, he works hard and um, he will want to get the guys firing again. So... Yeah, listen, again, I, I love Sean. I played with him at, uh, at Rovers. So, um, he's also got a tough task there. I think you know, it's you know, not necessarily his fault that the, the tight fives won't be firing at 100%. Um, but it, it is. You know, if, you look, if you look at defence and Leinster, that, you know, uh, Furlong's not even playing for them at this present time and they've still got an international front row. Um, and they, they brought on you know, you know, Ed Byrne in the second half who's an international uh, hooker. So uh, you know, when Furlong comes back, they're going to have Porter, Furlong, Kian Healy, uh, and that's kind of what you're up in the second half as opposed to the first half. I mean, Kian Healy's getting on and but in age, but he's still an international class player. So, and you know, the, for them to be consistent in that area throughout a game with the personnel they currently have, um, I just don't see that. But I think Bongi would help. But he's only back in December um, when they're not playing against international opposition. So, but yeah, the, I think you know, you know Brendan Fent is around there as well with Sean. Uh, I think they understand that the reality is that they're going to have to shore up that that part of their game. Sure, yeah, that is a bit of a tough aspect. That's what rugby is all about. And then another side that I want to touch on briefly is is the Stormers. And what do you feel they need to focus on to sort of get results coming their way? I also know they have been knocked to some injuries. So it has been a bit of a, a tough ask for John Dobson as well. Yeah, listen, Dobbo is an uphill battle, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, again, uh, he's tied five as well. You know, lose a guy like Schickling, Peter Steps not around. I think Miva Hasten's moving on. Or, no, sorry, he's injured for a prolonged period of time. Um, <clears throat> so that they don't have their starters, first up. They don't have their spring bucks. It's a very difficult... difficult uh, yeah. yeah. Even saying that, they should have beaten Benetton. I think, you know, they... Just lost their way with their lineouts, which is quite surprising because their lineouts are generally, you know, pretty good. Um, but yeah, for for Dobbo, he's, he's probably got the same problem as Sharks: so the, the depth and the quality of the depth that he has at his disposal. Unfortunately, is not quite there. He's got a couple of old guys that perhaps passed it, um, and a couple of very young guys that have not quite made it there yet. So it, it's a difficult balancing act that he's got. And under the con- you know, circumstances, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably got the job from hell at the moment. I mean, the boardroom, <laughs> for one thing, <laughs> which he has to deal with. And he's still got a side that he's got to prepare for every week. So he's got a tough ask at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the best we can do is, is wish them well and genuinely hope that they keep pushing through. And it's, again, it's a, it's a tough ask, but this is what makes them. So, yeah, they must just keep keep focused and who knows? Maybe a few surprises will come their way. So, yeah. But 
And you've done a bit of studying as well um, from a sports perspective. And we're just going to move just back into SRB for a while. And despite the playing set of things like that, what do you feel SRB is doing well at the moment? Well, I think the less you hear about an organization, particularly in rugby, the, the better it's going. Um, and you're not hearing much about SA Rugby at the moment. Uh, the only time you, you see their name pop up is when Western Province has an, another altercation between themselves. So, no, I think, you know, <laughs> for what, let's, let's go to, to Yuri, for, for what they've managed to achieve this year or this past season is, is quite unbelievable. You know, through a lockdown, through COVID, a British and Irish Lions tour happened. Um, we won it. Uh, you know, the other competitions, they managed to get a curry cup off the ground. They managed to get the under-20 um, competition going. Uh, I think they've done a tremendous job considering the constraints that they've had, particularly from government and, and lockdown regulations that they've had. So, And they've kept afloat in probably the most two most difficult years that rugby's ever seen. So I, I think, you know, they've done an exceptional job with regards to what they've achieved throughout this year which they have done um and the support structure they've given to our springboks um you know yes they were in bio bubbles but you know pretty sh- their, their wives and, and kids have managed to join them on occasions and that's what bill was footed by sa rugby so they've looked after their, their their primary asset which is the springboks and i think they've managed to keep rugby alive in south africa going forward with regards to hosting the version ice lines to and you know getting our guys off to australia so yeah, I think the next big test, and that's not just for South Africa, it's for the RFU, it's for Ireland, is what comes next. Now, overseas, they, they've opened up, they're playing club rugby and all sorts of things. Uh, we haven't, we're not quite there yet. So I think next year is going to be a, you know, another bold step for SA Rugby in the direction they wish to take. Excellent. Uh, well, summed up there, yeah, Robbie, lots, lots of positives there, which is great to hear, a great reminder. It really, really is. But we have the end of the year tour coming up. Uh, Wales, Scotland and England await us. Interesting. Um, but perhaps important to do well there um, in a good regard. You know, we want to do well there. It'll be nice to end the year off with some positive results there. Yeah, listen, three very different sides to play against. I mean, yeah. a lot of the Welsh players have come because of COVID, have come back to the Welsh sides, the Welsh regions. They've also got their 60 cap rule. So quite a number of players have come back into the Welsh sides to ensure that they can get back more in contention for the test team. So that's going to strengthen them. Um, you know, and Wayne Pivak plays a very different style of rugby to Gatland. So, and yeah, they've got very strong forwards. Uh, also, all these sides, because we beat the British Irish Lions, clearly want to beat us. <laughs> so the Wales test will be very tricky. The, the Scotland test is something different again. Um, you know, the way they play, it will be very fast. They'll try to take us side to side. And then, yeah, we're up against Steady Eddie. Or I don't know if he's that steady anymore, but uh, <laughs> it's, let's hope he's not. Um, and yeah, clearly, England, yeah, they, they love beating Africa. So it's going to be a, a tough tour. Again, I think that the depth of the squads that, that we have at the moment, if, if we get those peripheral players coming through in key positions, um, that should be a good tour for us. So I'm looking forward to it, actually. No, that's excellent. Yeah, good, good perspectives there, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, exciting times. Really, really good for South African rugby. But besides all your analysis on all this, you're also doing a bit of coaching and you've got a, a position-specific camp coming up with, with Bromford Stratton, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, yeah, no, doing, uh, <laughs> yeah, Brom, dear friend of mine, Brom, we've been together you know, since Stormers days when we first met, so, 
yes, we, yeah, mostly for younger children, just give them the opportunity just to, you know, give a little bit back to rugby and show that, uh, for me, everything's very, uh, when it comes to the technical aspects, it's kind of where I'd, I would prefer to be involved and to pass on that knowledge to, to younger players so, you know, they can get better. Um, I think very important, particularly at a younger age, to give them the tools and to see how far they wish to go. That's one thing, wanting to be a professional rugby player, it's another thing of how you get there. So if we can give certain kids, you know, those tools to perhaps reach their dream, then fantastic, I've, I've managed to do something. No, that's great to hear. And I believe Brom's notorious for saying just, you know, just one more kick, just practice one more kick, just one more. And it goes on for another hour yes. later. So. Generally, he needs lights wherever he goes because by the time we get past five o'clock, he's still on the field. So, yeah, uh, that's good. Uh, that's one, one more fun yeah, strat and he's definitely that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robbie, it's been, it's been great to have your your perspective on things and talk rugby again. And you know, interesting times, exciting times, I believe. I know people might say, no, it's it's rough and tough, but I believe you've got to go through that to get on the other side, other side of positivity. So I believe the guys just keep sticking to their guns. And I think this is actually an exciting time to start for rugby. Lots of positives. We just got to keep moving forward. No, Henry, you've got it spot on there. Yeah. Robbie, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Great. All the best, man. Take care, man. Go well. Yeah, cheers, Ron. Yeah, cheers, bye-bye.